Welcome to the Richardson Seventh-day Adventist Podcast. I'm so excited for you to join us. Each week, we'll bring you a sermon from one of our ongoing series. This week, we continue with the third sermon that's part of our amazing series called Game Changer. It's a term that you often hear associated with sports, but it really applies to everything or anything. So enjoy, and let's get to it. Good morning, church. How y'all feeling this morning? You feeling all right? Well, I'm happy that you're here. Thank you so much for choosing Richardson this morning. All right? I just want you to turn to your neighbor and say, your presence is a present. That's right. It's a gift. And uh, we're just so happy to have you here, Richardson. And uh, I hope you have been uh, welcomed uh, well. And for those who are tuning in online, I just want to say we have not forgotten about you. Thank you so much for tuning in and live streaming with us. And uh, I would like to encourage you today to uh, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you'll be notified for any videos that we do post, all right? Uh, so thank you so much for being here. And I'm so glad that you're here. Now, the thing is, today I only have a 15-minute message, all right? So y'all going to have to work with me. I'm going to talk real fast, okay? I'm going to move real fast. It's okay to talk back to the preacher. Somebody say amen, all right? So I just want to say welcome to my TED Talk, all right? So uh, uh, at this moment, I would like us to rise to our feet as we read the scripture uh, in your hearing, all right? Rise to your feet and turn to Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10, all right? That's what we're going to be reading from. Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. And if you get there, you know what to say. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. Uh-huh. All right? So if you're there, you know what to say. And it says this here in Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, search carefully until she finds it? Verse 9. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have, I have found the peace which I have lost. Verses 10. Likewise, the Bible says, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Somebody say amen. amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, loose change in the church. Amen. That is our sermon topic for today. And with that, bow your heads for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I pray that your spirit falls afresh on us as we open your word. Use this broken vessel. I have nothing to say to your people, but you do, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that as my lips open, your words may pour out and you may be glorified. So be with us now. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Loose change in the church. Now, uh, one of the things that I love so much about Jesus is Jesus was always intentional. Jesus was always intentional. You see, Jesus had a bad habit of being at the right place at the right time, saying the right words for the right set of years, and God was glorified. You see, uh, Jesus had a holistic gospel, and uh, as he was speaking, uh, this gospel, this gospel was far-reaching, reaching each and every heart that was in that premise. And when Jesus was talking about situations, he just wasn't talking about random situations. He was talking about your situation. 
And so no matter how you parse the message, Jesus had a way of reaching people's hearts, reaching people's souls because he was in the business of saving souls. And I'm talking about he was in the business of saving all kind of souls. I'm talking about lost souls, found souls, kind of sort of souls, souls that have one foot in the church and the other foot in the world, souls that are spiritually mediocre, souls that are in the church, in the pews, but in their hearts they are atheists, souls that are lost but are found later on, souls that look found, but inside they're actually really lost. And so as Jesus spoke of this gospel, each and every soul could relate. And in one of his rhetorics, as you're speaking to the children of Israel, uh, uh, he, he started to expound on this idea of being lost and then being found. And as he was expounding on this idea of being lost and then being found, uh, he started to explain it in many, many parables. And these parables are uh, written down in Luke chapter 15. And it first starts out, and Jesus starts to talk about the parable of the lost sheep. Now, if you've been in the church long enough, you've probably heard the parable of the lost sheep. Am I right or am I right? All right? As a matter of fact, if you volunteer over there in the children's wing, you'll probably hear the same story about 10 times this year. All right? But the, uh, there's another story that kind of comes right after it, and, 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 and that's the story, the parable of the lost coin. Now, the reason why the parable of the lost coin is so, uh, should I say, overlooked is because it's literally sandwiched between two popular parables. The parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and then the prodigal son, right? Everybody knows about that one, right? And uh, sometimes we overlook this uh, very important parable. And there are many reasons why people overlook this very amazing parable. Uh, some of the reasons is because in this parable, Jesus likens himself to a woman. I know that's unpopular in our church today. Another reason is uh, this parable is only three verses long. So therefore, it doesn't carry the punch that the more detailed parables have. Now, you are wondering, why is the parable of the lost coin relevant today? Well, I will go ahead and explain that to you. I believe it's more relevant today in the church than it has ever been. Okay? When you look at the parables that Jesus spoke of, when he spoke of the parable of the lost sheep, he was talking about, uh, he was portraying individuals and persons who have not walked away only from God's presence, but also walked away from his premise. That means they, they, they didn't only walk away from a relationship with God, but they have walked away also from the church, the community of God, right? And uh, as he was portraying this, he was pretty much depicting a person who has gone into the darkness, gone into wickedness, found themselves in trouble, and then here comes the shepherd, right? Who is Jesus, and he saves them, right? And brings them right back home where they were, and he celebrates, am I right? Come on, y'all got to get excited about scripture this morning, okay? All right? So he gets excited about that, right? And uh, 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 most of the time when we hear testimonies in the church, we hear testimonies of people who have left God and have come back to him, right? But I want to say for some of us here in the church, we can't relate to that. We can't relate to that. Today I want to say that you don't have to leave the church to be lost. Come on now. You don't have to leave the church to be lost. As a matter of fact, just like the coin in this parable, you could be lost but still in the house. Mm, lost but still in the house. I want you to turn to your neighbor again and say, loose change in the church. The reason why I bring this up today 
is because I've noticed that many of us here in the church have confused being in God's premise to being in his premise. Now, you may be asking yourself, Pastor God, what you mean? I want to say we have confused being in God's premise to being in his presence, meaning this. Sometimes we have confused being in church premise to having a relationship with Jesus presence. Sometimes we've confused being in church for the last 20 years, premise, to actually having true spiritual growth, presence. Sometimes we've confused uh, a doing ministry, premise, to actually knowing the God of the ministry you're doing, presence. Sometimes we've confused knowing all these facts about God and the Bible, premise, But we cannot name not one single moment we've had with Jesus this week, presence. Could it be today that we're in the church? We could be in the premise, but not in the presence. So therefore, we have folks lost, but still in the house. We got loose change in the church. And the reason why this loose change has to be found is because someday the Lord will come back. And many will come to him in that day and say, deny, deny, deny. And the Lord will say what? I never knew you away from me, ye workers of iniquity. So I want to ask the church today, do we have some loose change in the church? I'm looking for some loose change in the church, y'all. Do we have some loose change in the church? Well, let's flip some cushions. All right. You see, in this process of salvation that we see, the woman takes three steps, all right? And I'm going to reread to you Luke chapter 15, verse 8. And if you're there, say, uh-huh, all right? I'm going to reread that to make it fresh into your mind. It says this, or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? You see, this woman takes three steps, but I want to say before she even gets there, There is a motivation behind it. You see, the only reason why the woman looks for the coin is because she finds the coin to be valuable. Did I let you, I just want to let you know today that God finds you valuable. Did you know that God finds you valuable? And you know, just like the coin, did you know your value is literally imprinted on you? As a matter of fact, did you know that you're created in God's image? Oh, yeah, that should give you goosebumps. You were created in God's image. That means this. When God sees you, he sees a piece of himself. And God values you like he values himself. <laughs> Lord, help me. God values you like he values himself. So it doesn't matter what the world is telling you. If you don't fit the right kind of shape, if you don't make the right kind of money, your value is here and there. God values you. Somebody say Amen. And the thing is, God didn't start valuing you about 2,000 years ago. He has valued you from the beginning. As a matter of fact, Scripture tells us, the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the earth. He didn't just start valuing you now. He has always valued you. So let's go ahead and talk about this process that this woman takes, okay? Uh, The first thing that she does in this process of finding the coin is she does what? Come on, work with me, folks. Work with me. She lights the lamp, or some versions may say a candle. And I was sitting there, I was like, okay, you know, um, I don't know about y'all, but light is pretty effective, right? 
if I lost something in the dark, if I just got to flip that switch, you know what I mean? Just flip it, you feel me? And it's there, right? But, but she doesn't find it right away. As a matter of fact, there's still some steps that she takes in finding the coin. So I'm wondering, what is the light for? And then it hit me right then and there. You see, the candle or the light was not for the woman. The candle was for the coin. Let me explain it real quick. You see, when Jesus shines his light, he's not shining his light for himself. He's shining his light for you. The reason why she shines the light, I believe, is to show the coin that you're lost. Sometimes the reason why God shines his light on you is to show you for who you really are. Lost. A mess. Always stressed. Needing to be blessed. And the thing is, you will never come to a place of understanding how much you need Jesus until you see yourself for who you really are. So she lights that candle, right? She lights the candle to allow the coin to know that it's lost. The candle, the light is for the coin. And I want to say today is sometimes we have a hard time seeing ourselves for who we really are. We may be sitting in the pew close to the pulpit but far away from God. I'm going to say that again. We may be sitting in the pews close to the pulpit but far away from God. And if Jesus doesn't show himself to you, you will come to a place where you believe your darkness is the light. Mercy. Step number two. What does she do? She sweeps. Amen? She sweeps. And and the reason why this is so important is because when the light shines on you, okay, you start to notice the mess that you are, right? You start to notice. And the thing about it is that sometimes that's why people don't like the light. Because they get to really see themselves for who they really are, and they know they're a mess. And and, and the thing about it is this. This next step helps us understand why God has to shine his light upon us, because he's in the process of sweeping. Because when he shines that light on us, we start to notice sins we have not repented. We start to notice hearts that we have broken, people we have disappointed, and we start to get discouraged. But I want to let you know that Jesus doesn't show you your mess so you can carry it. But Jesus is in the process of sweeping. Come on, y'all. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Jesus is in the process of sweeping your mess away. Jesus is in the process of sweeping. Jesus swept it all. Come on, folks. Jesus swept it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson mess. He has cleaned it. Now I'm clean as snow. Amen. Folks, Jesus swept it all. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus swept it all. Amen. And number three, the third step that she takes is what? She starts to search for it diligently, the Bible says. Search for it. Uh, 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 the, uh, here it says carefully, diligently. Uh, another word that I would use to describe this is she starts to search for the coin desperately. Folks, did, I, did you know that God... God is desperate for you? Did you know that God is desperate to save you? God wants you to be saved more than you want to be saved? As a matter of fact, God is so desperate. He got off of his throne, right? Put on the garb of uncomfortable humanity, okay? He left a throne. And mind you, a throne, I mean, everything there was angled to serve God, right? He leaves all of that behind for you. He puts on your weakness. 
your flesh that gets tired sometimes, that gets hungry sometimes, and he comes into this world and dies an uncomfortable death. Jesus didn't drink poison and passed out. He died an uncomfortable death. And I'm saying this brother is so desperate for you. As a matter of fact, when he goes back to heaven, you know what he does? He does not go back to lounging in the throne, getting fed by the heavenly angels. He goes straight into the sanctuary. And you know what he does in the most holies of holies? He is interceding for you day and night. Desperate. Diligently searching for you. Maybe I don't understand that. Because you never sat on the throne before, right? Let's say uh, you're taking a bath. I'm not talking about a shower. I'm talking about the, the salts in the bath, the bubbles, a rubber ducky or two. You got the little facial, right? And then you got the little cucumbers on your eyes, right? You relax, right? Your throne. And I promise you this. It will take something serious to get, out, get you out of there, Right? Think, think about that 10 times more for Jesus. Desperate for you. And the fact is, the reason why he comes into this world to find this lost coin is for the sake of restoring it. You see, Jesus is not only satisfied with saving you, he wants to restore you. That means this, he doesn't only want to pay your debt, he wants to put a couple million dollars in your pocket. You understand what I'm trying to say? And it's so powerful because uh, the woman in this story finds the coin to restore the coin. She finds the coin to restore the coin. I want to say, do we have a spirit of restoration? Do we feel restored? I want to say that sometimes in the church, we punish people more than, we, than God punishes them. You see, when this woman finds the coin, she doesn't marginalize the coin. She doesn't say, you've been a naughty coin, Okay. You get to sit out in this party, okay? You don't get to be a part of what we're doing. But she finds the coin, and she restores the coin, and she sets it up where it used to be. Somebody say amen. You see, she doesn't characterize the coin by its past, but embraces it for its value. And today, as we do communion, we got all this set up for you. I want us to change the game a little bit, because that's our theme, right? Been on this series for a minute. Let's change the game a little bit, okay? Let's embrace that God has restored us. I know some of us in here are still fighting for God's favor. And let's change the game even a little bit more. Why don't we, who are restored, be the business of restoring others? I know some of you guys got some chips on your shoulder. Some people in this church maybe have wronged you. And you got your arms crossed. Mm, I'm not talking to them. Let's change the game today. Why don't you restore them? Yes, they did you wrong, but how much more of a restoration would it be if you go to them and apologize? Now, that's changing the game. That's humility. That's Christ-like humility. That's diligently seeking for those who are lost. Amen? Oh, y'all don't hear me today. It's okay. Folks, I'm the lost coin. You are the lost coin. We got loose change in the church, y'all. Won't you let him save you and restore you? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father in heaven, I just want to ask you that you may be with us during this communion session. I pray that our hearts may actually 
uh, reflect your humility, Lord, that we may lay down all of our burdens on you. And we say, you know what, Lord? I've been stubborn. Lord, I've been difficult. Lord, I'm going to make up with my brother and my sister who I haven't talked to in years. I'm coming home, Lord. I'm allowing you to find me. Father, this is my prayer for our souls here in this church because we got some loose chains in the church, Lord. And we need you to find us. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you were blessed by this sermon. Next week, we'll continue our journey through Game Changers. So bring a friend, listen, have a conversation, and remember, you're in our prayers.